How do you like that cold, Bob? Miss Savannah yet? No, actually, I like it. I mean, it's we're at let's see, it's twelve degrees right now, so we're in double digits, which is cool. But oh, it's colder than I thought it would be there. It's been in the singles the last couple of days. It got down to like neg- negative six or something. Wow, yeah, it was negative the other day. I didn't know my car could go negative. I owned it for five years. I never saw it go negative. That's how I tell what, t- what the temperature is. I look at the dash of my car. That's how you tell what time it is by looking at the temperature. <laughs> Hold on. Let me go outside and see what time the temperature is. Yeah. I, I, I like the cold. I wish we'd get some snow, though. It's been super cold and zero snow. No snow. It's just like remnants of the snow that happened like Christmas Day up here. Mm. Still here. It hasn't gone anywhere. I didn't even get that. Yeah. Last year, I used a snowblower one time. This year, I've already used it twice. Really? Before we even hit January. It's it's not fun. That's I've never used a snowblower, but that seems like that would be kind of a fun thing. Until your fingers freeze off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, that'd be bad, I guess. There is a little element of fun because you're taking snow and you're throwing it in your neighbor's yard. That's That's kind of fun. Do they throw it back at you, though? No, no, no. Our neighbors are super awesome. They sent us a Christmas gift. Now I feel bad because we didn't gift them back. And you gifted them some snow. (laughs) Here you go, Merry Christmas. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Can I tell you a little story about uh, about the the neighbors? So I was talking to one of the sons, um, who was like twenty two years old, and he was asking what I do, and I'm like, oh, I you know I make silly videos. And he was like, wait a second, I'm subscribed to you. And then pulls out his phone and to check, he's like, look, I'm actually subscribed to you. Oh, that's so funny. I thought that was, that was super cool. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> it's actually we were- convenient to pull the YouTube card when you walk into a place and you need help. And, the guy, and like, you know, you get into a little conversation, guys like, what do you do? I do YouTube. Well, I actually have a pretty big channel. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, oh my God, I'm subscribed to you. Oh, my God, you're the guy that made the AK-47. That's what everybody says to me. Mm. 11 million views. And that's what everybody says to me. And so then, well, most of the time. And then I'm able to, like, kind of parlay that relationship into some good customer service. Funny. I still feel really weird about it, about uh, saying that as a, I don't know why. But we were at dinner last night with some friends in the at a hibachi place. And so the cook was like, you know, talking to us and doing the tricks and everything. And he went around to all the adults that were there and was like, so what do you do for work? You know, and he's just, you know, keeping conversation going. And I, I was the last in the list and I knew he'd get to me. And I was like, man, what am I going to say? I don't want to say like, I am a YouTuber. So he got to me and I was like, I make videos. And he just kept looking at me like, <laughs> like what? Like what kind of videos? And I'm like, ugh, on Poor YouTube. No. He was like, oh. <laughs> Oh, YouTube. And he turns to the other guys and he goes, oh, is this like a famous YouTube guy? And they all nodded yes and started laughing. And I'm like, come on, guys. Don't do that. Uh, when people ask weird. me, I say, I am a famous YouTuber. I just say it straight away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so terribly famous. Yeah, I, I have it on my shirt. I just wear printed shirts saying who I am. Nice. Not a bad idea. You know what? I, I, I Did you guys see my, my new business card? I, I put it in a video, no. so I'll show it to you up close. It's just, uh, it says my name, my phone number, and I just put the YouTube logo. Because oh. every time I meet somebody, that's what I say. I say, oh, I, I make stuff on YouTube. Oh, my God, how can I find you? So I just give them my card, and then instead of anything, it just says my name, phone number, and it has a YouTube logo, just to remind them to go to YouTube. You, I mean, you've already printed them, 
so I hate to be that guy, but maybe uh-huh. you should put like a, a a URL on there to your YouTube channel. No, no, like my my card is like the instructions to an iPhone. You just like you just look. It says oh, "Welcome for buying an iPhone," and that's all it says. My that's dad true. called. I me. guess I guess your name's right above it, so you could yeah. Yeah, it's. Uh, I remember when my dad got he got a, a, an i not an iPhone, but the thing that plays music, the iTunes thing. What is it called? iPod. 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 And I got it from Christmas, and I, this was a couple of years ago. When I left, and he calls me, he goes, "This thing's got no instructions. How do I use it?" And I go, "Just play with it for five minutes. You'll figure it out." And he called me an hour later. He goes. You're right. I was able to figure it all out. No instructions. This is pretty amazing. Thanks. So, based on the the uh, the uh, Macintosh instruction book, I just said, hmm. "It's like there, go there." So it seems to be working. No one's called me and said I can't find you on YouTube yet. <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> have you guys been working this whole time? I mean, I I know you guys don't have like kids that get out of school, so it doesn't mess your schedules up like it does mine. But have you been working? Consistently I've been for working, the holidays. I've been working pretty hard. Yeah, the cold is kind of a bit stifling. It's kind of keeping me from really kicking butt in the shop. But I let Brett get there about noon. By about noon, I get over there. Brett had been there for an hour or two getting the fire stoked. So I kind of pretend to be busy at the house. And I call him like, are you there yet? He's like, yeah, I've been there. So I go over there. I know that the, the shop is warmed up. It's my dirty little secret. <laughs> Does he listen to the podcast? Cause yeah, he's going to hear this. Yep. <laughs> he <knows>. Busted. <laughs> I think he knows. Um, yeah, so uh, I I definitely got a few projects started. I mean, in a couple, in about a week or two, I'm going to have several videos come mature, and it's, I'm going to have a lot to, to to display. So I, I just I kept getting little sparks of inspiration, and I go over there and I start working on stuff. Uh, I, even though I knew I should stay focused on a few of the projects, I kept starting new ones. But it's all good. It, it forces me to to keep moving. So. Nice. Always work on the thing that you're excited about. Exactly. Right? If Definitely. you can, if yeah. it's possible. Definitely. Yeah. I, a couple of weeks ago, I said I wasn't going to work that much the last couple of weeks. And then I put out two videos. So I decided <laughs> this is what I want to do. Um, so I've been I've been still working and, and filming. And speaking of cold shop, my shop is in a detached garage. So I have to go outside for like a brief five seconds. And it's been single digits zero below zero the last few days and kelly got me a robe like a bathrobe for christmas i've never been a bathrobe guy but i am now (laughs) and so i wake up and before i even shower i throw on the the bathrobe and i sneak out into the shop hoping the neighbors aren't looking out the window so i can go turn on all the heat sneak back in and shower and, and it's warm by the time I get in there. If they see you, just go, don't worry, I'm a YouTuber. And then just like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like, oh, that's that guy who makes the silly videos. That's right. Never mind him. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's, I'm about three miles from my shop at the moment until the one in the backyard gets up and going. And I start my car with the remote. It's like the, the best thing I ever, I, like now I'm never, ever going to own a car that doesn't have a remote start. So I just oh, start man. the car. I wake up and I start the car. And then it shuts off every 10 minutes, so I'll start it again. I usually warm my car up about three times for 20, 30 minutes before I actually get into it. I'm going to get a new car in the spring, and I, I keep thinking, is it worth it for me to get a car starter now just for a couple months? Oh, no. Get, it's the best thing in the world. Because also hmm. in the summer, I mean, in the summer, if I'm in like a supermarket and I know it's 95 degrees out, I'll start my car, and I'll get out to the car. It'll be cool. If you start it in the winter, you get into it, and it's warm. 
Yeah, but do I want to spend the money now for a oh. car that I'm going to sell? And oh yeah, no, no, no. Just wait. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, tough it out. Yeah. Hmm. Any new car should have that. It's it's. I actually went to look at buying a new car, and I just I have to wait. I got to wait till I do pay some more stuff off on the barn before I get a new car. But I'm, I want to upgrade to a new truck. Hmm. Something specific or just a new truck? Uh, I looked at the Chevy uh, 2500 extended cab you know i'm i'm in the country now so i could have a bigger truck i've always wanted a bigger truck but in the city it's obviously difficult to park the one i have so if i got one that's like another 12 inches longer it would be a pain in the yeah in the butt to try and park so now that i only go to the city once or twice a week i don't really mind i know you're a i know you're a jeep person jeep has a new pickup truck coming out in 2018 oh they do 19 maybe yeah oh i didn't know that Hmm. um it might be a year or two out yet but it's going to be built here in Toledo. I was actually, I, the, the next vehicle I want to get is a Jeep. And I was, the Grand Cherokees used to be made in Toledo, and that's what I was going to get. And then I found out recently that they don't make the Grand Cherokees in Toledo anymore. They moved the plant to Indiana, and the only ones made in Toledo now are the Wranglers. And I don't think the Wrangler is right for me. Hmm. Yeah, I got the Wrangler four-door. It's actually a really cool car. It's it's got a really short like turning radius and it's it's so compared to my truck like my truck I consider it like a Cadillac. Mm-hmm. I got the Silverado 1500 that I've had for 5 years and compared to the to the Jeep the Jeep is like a little go-kart so it's almost it's like <laughs> it's like a little adventure when I get in the Jeep knowing it's going to be like a different ride and uh, it's cool. Okay, I have a, a question and this is going to make me sound dumb and whatever. But you guys have lived in the north where it gets the temperature swing throughout the year is really far, right? Yeah. I, I have not as an adult. So do you, in the winter, in the really cold part of the winter, do you have to add extra air to your tires? Uh, it's funny because the, the, the Jeep has a low air tire thing. My, my pickup truck tells you exactly how much is in which tire if it's yeah. low, but the Jeep just says low tire pressure. And we've checked the pressure everywhere and it's just, I think it just has to do with the cold. So all the tires well, yeah. overall. Yeah. I mean, I know it's the first time like, I've noticed that it compresses, but I know that in both of our vehicles in the last couple of weeks, cause the temperatures drop so much turning at a standstill is like, it's tough. And I know it's just cause the tires are compressed more. There's more rubber on the ground. But it made me think, like, maybe people in the north, like, during the winter, they add air. And then when it comes springtime, they let some of it back out to, you know. Is that a thing? Or do people just... That's funny. I never consciously put more air in. Hmm. In racing, the um, at least with dirt track racing, I don't know about asphalt, they, they put a low air pressure uh, in there because the tires will heat up. And throughout the race, they will actually fill up a little bit more. Yeah. And that's why I was kind of curious about it because like if you decided if I put more air in now to make it, you know, trips to the store easier to turn and stuff and then we decided to go on a trip to where the tires are going to get up to heat over a distance am I overinflating the tires at that point, you know. So, I don't know. But anyway, it's a thing I was thinking about. Cuz I know like the every it feels like everything in the car has compressed or has whatever shrunken because of the temperature and so it feels like the brakes are looser it feels like the the power steering is looser because i think all the fluids have compressed but maybe that's just mm. my my mm. brain i don't know what are we what are we going to talk about today i have something this may or may not work but uh, i read an article a while back or as a tweet or something along those lines that somebody in our field 
didn't like to be referred to as an influencer, and that sort of annoyed me because we're all given different labels like influencer or talent or woodworker, or metalworker, or maker, and um, I think people just get very worked up these days and they're looking for a reason to fight and, and and to complain and i personally don't care what people categorize me as and i just wanted to have a discussion uh about labels and if you hmm. guys have any strong opinions about being labeled that's funny did you guys see happen to see the woodcut that i that i'm working on on my instagram i've been working on trying to come up with a, a, a another poster i've been wanting to hand carve a poster and I keep coming up with quotes, and I, I've been looking at all these different quotes and trying to find the classic quote that's good. And at the end of the day, I, I tell is like, if you're going to put a quote, it really should be yours. It shouldn't be. And so, I I need people to remind me of the quotes I say. So if anybody is listening to this, text me or tweet me with some quotes that that Basically, you think I should. Just go back and look at all the titles of all the podcasts, and they're things that you've said pretty much. Okay. <laughs> 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 that's funny. Anyway, I need one that that stands out that I can't even think of. But as a matter of just like trying to, I was I just closed uh, my Illustrator and my Photoshop just now uh, before we get started, and I had like ten windows open on each one of me trying to sketch out like a new print block, and I ended up deleting all of them because none of them really struck me. Are you guys like me where you open up an Illustrator file and you work on it and you work on it and you never save it and then you open another one and you never save it. You open a third one, a fourth one, a fifth one and you never save any of them? Nope. <laughs> it's just me. I never lose anything, but it's me just sketching. Like I'll go to another concept and I'll sketch and then when I go to quit, I have to make that decision 10 days later. I'm like, hmm, do I, hmm. Do I want this thought? Do I want this thought? Anyway, I'm losing track. But anyway, I came up with this, this idea and I just started coming up with synonyms for maker innovator artist and i put all these words together in a collage and i don't know if it's going to be hokey or not i mean i just was anxious to carve letters so i just needed a good excuse to carve you know two three hundred different letters and so i jammed them all together and it's and it's all these labels which is so funny it's kind of suiting uh it's suitable for what you just brought up so i i don't know if it's going to be hokey or not but i just thought it would be a good idea because you hear all these terms and and I know when somebody calls me something or another and I'm like, oh, wow, I guess I am that. You know, it, it kind of makes me feel proud to know that, you know, I'm helping somebody in, in, the, in, the, in the way of an influencer. So that was kind of the inspiration for that poster that I'm working on. But hmm. I, I, like the, I like the name influencer. I mean, it, it is a little bit commercial and I know it turns some of the, you know, the commenters off. I even had like a little thing with a commenter last night on one of my videos where he's, he's like, oh, all you do is get free tools now. I'm like, yeah, so what's wrong with that? You know, we had this free tool conversation, but he's like, he 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 dug into me in a couple of comments, you know. But it was, but at the end of the day, I I heard Casey Neistat say we shouldn't be embarrassed to make a living at this because this is what we do all the time. There's no there's no shame in making a living doing what we do. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of I'm kind of torn on on labeling stuff because. There's a big part of me that doesn't care at all. Like, I don't, you can call me whatever you want to. And then the other part of me thinks if there's going to be a label attached to me as a person or as a business owner or as a family, you know, just whatever the thing is that's going to define me to the people around me, I want it to be inclusive of me, not just a particular part of me. And, um, you know, maybe that means some people call me one thing, some people call me another thing. But the thing about, like, influencer and stuff like that, the thing that I don't like about it is that 
it's only a a little part of what I do. I don't really know how to say this. I haven't thought this through all the way. But like if somebody says you're an influencer, the only thing that they're picking up on, the only thing that they're labeling is the fact that I have influence over other people, which is true. I'm not debating that that is a thing about me, but that's not the thing that I want people to know me for, that I have influence over people. That's just yeah. that's not the top of the list. And so even though I wouldn't like get upset if somebody called me that, I would much rather be known for something else. I would rush much like content creator is at least it has creator in it. So at least that's, you know, <laughs> evidence of me generating something rather than influence is just like I, I feel like the, an influencer just by the word is somebody who just sits on a throne and like goes, you should go do that. and You should go do that. <laughs> and that's like, I don't want to be that guy. So oh, that would be know. an easy job. I would do that. <laughs> I think using the word influencer is right for a marketing agency who's mm-hmm. looking for talent. Yeah. Uh, when somebody's writing an article for BuzzFeed or whoever, like using the word influencer is a little is a little weird, but it is the correct word when used about w- when you are a marketing agency and you're having this discussion like we need an influencer to show off our, our, our product. Yeah. Which, by the way, I left the word influencer off the poster didn't even occur to me to call it <laughs> us any of those things it's all about I think it's making... weird to call yourself an influencer well isn't it? i mean who's going hmm. to workbench con i know i am i know ben is I gabe am. bob is i am not and uh so that's what that is right it's an influencer uh what conference uh, talking yeah, about kind of well i mean all the people that are talking are influencers i guess and the whole i think the point of the whole thing is to like uh help other people figure out how to start creating content around their maker abilities. That's kind of what I've gathered from it, but I'm not really entirely sure. (laughs) The name thing and and labeling in general doesn't really bother me, but I would much rather be known for the right things or the things that I think are important about. Can I ask you guys a personal question? What does it say on your personal tax return as an occupation? Hmm. Uh, Probably just self-employed. I don't know. I don't know. I would have to look that up. I think maybe woodworker. I'm not sure. Because years ago, my accountant, who's still my accountant, 20 years ago, he said to me, he goes, uh, he's like my age, and we kind of came up together, and he says, he goes, what should I put down as your occupation? He goes, how about I put artist inventor? I was like, okay, whatever. And that actually came in when I got audited in 2006. It came in handy because he said, he said, just take pictures of all the weird things you do and make and deliver. And I made this whole photo album of all the weird things that I've done, which are all legitimate. They're all 100% legitimate. And uh, I got through the audit without paying too many penalties. I just said there was one little hiccup I had to pay for, which was a mistake that I that I made. But ultimately, my, my <clears throat> personal tax return says artist inventor on it. So. Mm. I think, hmm, that's interesting that you think about it, or that you say that, because I would not, I would not, like, actively say that I was an artist, and I don't know why. I have, like, a bunch of weird stuff, obviously, everybody has weird stuff, but I have weird things about, you know, like, claiming myself that, uh, um, to be something that I'm not really confident in. Like, I don't tell people I'm a woodworker. I've never, ever in my recollection, recollection said that I was a woodworker to people. Because, well, I mean, for a couple of reasons. One, I don't want to be, like, boxed in as this is the thing that you do. But also, I don't feel competent enough in that to be, 
like when that feels like a declaration to say like this is something I have knowledge of that I'm good at that I have some level of expertise at and I just don't feel like I have that I don't I don't have that in a lot of things and I'm okay with that that doesn't bother me at all like it's it's just not a priority for me to feel <clears throat> competent in uh, in something to the point to where I can like claim it as my own that's why yeah. I kind of like maker because that feels like I'm competent in problem solving or in trying to figure out how to do stuff. Basically, I'm competent in not knowing things. <laughs> That's cool. Like I'm, I'm fine with that. It's funny because all these years leading up to when I first went to Make a Fair in 2011, I think, or 2012, I never heard the term maker. I never considered myself a maker. I just, you know, I'm a guy. That, I'm a fabricator. Was something what I usually I would always say, or I'm a, I'm a prototyper or, or a problem solver. Obviously, I would say I was an artist as well, but. When it got to my like daily career, I would just say, yeah, I'm a fabricator or a designer. Um, but when the word maker started to become popular, I, I really felt comfortable just saying, yeah, I'm a maker because I, I know from Nick Offerman, Nick can't stand it because he gets written up a lot. People immediately label him as a master woodworker. He hates that. He's like, I'm not a master woodworker at all. I'm always learning and I don't consider myself a master at anything in the shop. But they always label him that, and it drives him crazy. And then when people see that, they think that he's calling himself a master woodworker. Mm. And you know, I know that bothers bothers him. And and in, same thing with me. Occasionally, I get you know master this, a master that. I'm like, I'm not a master at anything. I'm always learning. So I think the term maker is like a really good blanket term. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. It, it's I see it sort of as like a like a nickname. And you don't get to give yourself a nickname. You don't want to be that guy. Uh, Other people are going to give you give you that name. Guys, uh, for, I, this is uh, I, I I want everyone to call me Gear from now on. All right, <laughs> Gear. I'm Rocky. <laughs> call me Rocky. <laughs> if you guys ever hang out with like Burning Man people, they're like, "Yeah, my name is Buzz. Yeah, I'm Gadget. I'm Gear." <laughs> I love how you label them as Burning Man people. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I've been to Burning Man, and I know it's like, yeah, call me Ratchet, and the guy's got like a Ratchet set tattooed on his forearm. <laughs> I'm Ratchet because I figure everything out real quick. That's so totally like a line out of a cartoon. That's like a screw, like a Ducktales line where some new character pops up and I can fix anything. You should call me. Toolbox or whatever. Yeah. Oh, Toolbox is probably <laughs> someone's name. It. <laughs> if we were to Burning Man and go on the pig, will Toolbox please report to the mail mail tent? Three guys will show up. <laughs> <laughs> toolbox. <That's funny. sighs> you guys want to go to Burning Man this year? No, and, uh, no. <laughs> I went to Burning Man in '99, and then since then in New York, there's been a couple of Burning Man parties that I found myself at just because of friends and stuff. <laughs> And that's where, like, you get the distilled Burning Man folks, like the guys that like always wear coveralls and like make sure they have grease on their on, like on the thighs of all their pants, and the ones that live it all year long. Yeah. And it's okay, like, so you know, if you're going to Burning Man this year, what's your what's your name when you meet people in the desert, half naked, covered in dust? What are you going to tell them your name is? My David. name is Gear. Gear. Okay. Gear. Yeah. Uh, oh man. <laughs> Table saw. I don't know. Your name is Table Saw now. Table Saw. I need time. This is a big. This is a big moment in my life. I'm gonna need time. Uh, you can call me Pocket Hole. Uh, I'll, I'll go with that. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> just That's because. I don't know. <laughs> that just got me funny. There's, a, there's your title right there. Call me Pocket Hole. Call me Pocket Hole. 
Um, so, of the label thing, seriously though, like when people talk about you in you know articles or when you're talking to agencies or whatever, are there any of those names, influencer, any of those that that you really don't want to be associated with? Just the word master. I just hate when people. I you know. I just said it, but you know, sometimes when like a PR firm is like writing writing me up, they're like, oh, I'm like, please don't write that. A, a funny. There's another label I don't want. On the TV show at NBC, in the contract, I didn't really pay close attention, but my name in the contract is Master Helper. I think I talked about this on the show. Yeah. And I said, I don't want that label. I said, just call me my name. I don't want any label. Just call me either shop teacher or nothing. So I don't know what's going to happen when the show ultimately comes out. I have no conversation with anybody there at the moment. So hmm. Master Helper is definitely a label I do not want, which I'm probably going to get stuck with anyway. Keep bringing it up, and you will be. That's right. Yeah. No, no. I mean, with, with, among the audience, it's funny. I don't care because the people who tweeted me, they heard me talk about it. But like in the credits on the TV show, that's what I don't want. Hmm. I don't think there's any one thing that, that really gets me. There's nothing that I can think of now. I'll, I'll let you know if I get an email later today and somebody calls me up, whatever. <laughs> Pocket hole. Yeah. yeah I, I don't know. Like, I think... Um... Uh, there's no name that really like rubs me the wrong way, but I don't really respond to many of them other than maker. You know, like it, people do often call me a woodworker in articles and stuff like that, and that doesn't bother me. But it, I just don't feel like it's true, <laughs> you know. Hmm. Um, but I don't know. The influencer thing doesn't really doesn't bother me. Um, I don't know. I. <laughs> You guys have both dealt with this, but somebody called me an author the other day for the first time because my book's out, and that was weird. Oh, wow. And I was like, I started yeah. to correct him, and I'm like, well, I guess no, technically no. I you guess I a book. <laughs> I've been called that too, and there's not a lot of writing in my books. It's pictures with with cut lines, and I felt really weird with the with the term uh-huh. author because it's not like I sat down and wrote a bunch of paragraphs, hmm. but I, I have a couple books, so I get I guess I am. Um, yeah, you know, you you mentioned uh, you, you know you don't call yourself a woodworker, but other people do, and that's because you do woodworking. If you're a musician, and you don't want to be labeled as easy listening, don't make easy listening songs, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's like I don't know if anybody that I can use the music analogy with, but if if you had a musician that played music in a bunch of different genres. You know, on like alternated between genre between genre, and then somebody came along and said, "This is an easy listening musician." They're not wrong, but they're also not being complete in in saying mm. like what that artist does, or you know, they're just taking a segment. And I guess that's the way I look at it. For me, is yeah, I do woodworking projects. I don't feel like I have expertise there, and that's definitely not all I do. So that's why I'm, you know, I don't use it myself. But yeah, they're not wrong. Hmm. But. I don't know. Hmm. That's kind of weird. Now I'm now I'm thinking about how much woodwork I do versus other things. And I know it's the highest percentage of the projects that I do. And I think that's a lot of people have asked me about that and I think that's because the materials and the tools to handle those materials are easier to get than pretty much everything else. When yeah. we were doing the TV shows, every time <clears throat> the producers would I would say, "Oh, another woodworking project." When I did Hammered, for instance, I said I go, I'll make out of anything you want as long as you give me another five days because we're going to do something with resin and casting and we're going to do something with metalwork, which at the time we weren't really set up for metalwork. 
So woodworking, as far as like a schedule goes, tends to be somewhat quick and easy. Yeah. You know, for content creation as influencers that we are. Yeah. Or makers. Sorry. <laughs> I think I think the woodworking is easier to estimate how much time something's going to take. That's a good point. That's what I mean. It's, a, it's like kind of more of a guaranteed, okay, I know we can do something in three days with this project. Do you think that's because you're, and I'm speaking for myself as well, but because you're more comfortable, you have more experience with that material, that it's easier to estimate that? Yeah, prob- probably so. Yeah. Because I feel like somebody who was a metal worker, who that's what they did all the time, they would they would look at you know, the wood projects as like the, the, more of an unknown, and the metal stuff is maybe a little more clear-cut. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I, I like not having a an expertise or not having like a thing that I I don't know why maybe that's weird because I know a lot of people most people would like to be really really good at something they want to be you know known for or be proficient in some skill set and like continue to do that thing and get better and better and better at it and I totally respect that because that's why we have people that are really really good at things for me I don't know like I just love just trying stuff and I don't really care if I'm good at something long term um, in general I mean I think there are things where I definitely want to get better at but like it's just not important to me to like be really really good at this thing because I know if I'm really really good at that thing that means I didn't spend time trying out these five other things Uh, (laughs) a question a lot of people ask me they say what is, what are you what are you really good at? What is like your thing that you're you're the best at? What is your favorite thing to do? Now I know my answer. What is what is the same question for each of you guys? Ooh, what is the one thing one. you you really like doing the most? What are you really good at? I think problem solving. Uh, right now I feel like I'm most comfortable at editing. Hmm. Oh, very cool. Interesting. I might go into a project and I'm not always 100% comfortable knowing the outcome is going to be what I think it's going to be. But when I edit, I'm pretty confident that I'm going to get exactly what I want. Very cool. Huh. Problem solving is my answer too, Bob. So that's what a lot of people ask me. They're like, what are you really good at? Like, are you a great woodworker or a metal worker? I was like, I think problem solving is my strongest thing that I actually really enjoy doing. I like looking at a pile of you know, clips or whatever it is and saying, how can I put this together and make the best I can out of it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm really good at problem making. <laughs> no. You know, I'll make a joint and it doesn't fit together. And I'm like, well. Ta-da. Yeah, ta-da. <laughs> Look at that. How are we going to cover this up? How are we going to film this Wood so fill. I can edit it so you don't see that mistake? <laughs> <laughs> Wood filler. That's funny. Oh, speaking of, um, you were talking about like, I don't know. Some a minute ago, you said something that made me think of it. So a couple weeks ago, I said that I wanted to be less on my own case about the schedule and stuff. You know, about like release schedule and not hold myself to the same standard and just let myself get things done when they're done. And I'm not putting out a video tomorrow. <gasps> I just decided what? it's not worth trying to stress my week to get this thing done. I actually finished the project yesterday, but uh, rather than like you know trying to force myself to get it done quickly and not be happy with it and get it to my editor in time to get it back to voiceover really quickly and get it up online. I'm just like, eh, forget it. Just put it out next week. 
So I'm trying guys, to start the year off right by not <laughs> by not <laughs> creating content. You guys want to know? Uh, I I started. I you all know I always like to sketch on legal pads, right? That's kind of my thing to keep my my daily schedule going. Because I tried the phone. I don't know if we spoke since, but I, I tried to set alarms for myself at two meetings in the last part of the year, and I missed both meetings because my phone didn't go off. Now, I don't know if it was because I'm out of range. I don't know why, but my local alarm should have went off and said, you have a meeting in an hour. Anyway, I get totally engrossed in working in the shop, missed the meeting twice. I was able to make up for, for both of them, thankfully, but I was really embarrassed. Um, anyway, so for me to keep on schedule, what I started doing, and, and it you guys see on Instagram, this is not a pitch at all. I don't know this company whatsoever. But the, the, the tablet called the Remarkable, where you could draw mm. on the thing, it keeps showing up on Instagram, so I bought it. And now what I'm showing you is my notes on my phone. I don't have the pad in front of me, but it's just a little sketch pad, and you could draw on it, and then every time I'm in service in my house, for instance, it updates to the phone. So oh, if, that's there's cool. been a few instances where I don't have the Remarkable. It's just a little writing tablet. I don't have it on me. And I go, oh, what was that thing? So I open up my phone, and it's right there. So this is my to-do list for for today and, and yesterday. And so it's huh. always there. It's in the other room right now, but it updates to the phone. So it's been working out for me. This little comes with a pen, which I'm sure I'm going to lose any minute. So as long as I don't lose the pen, I can scribble on the thing. I come up with a quick idea. I make a new page, and, it, and it's always there, as opposed to having a dog-eared yellow pad follow me around like a scruffy animal. <laughs> it's always it's always like blowing apart on my dashboard of my car or under the seat. So now I have this. It's it's been working out so far. That's cool. And plus, hmm. you don't have these yellow pads just stacking up over time. I just just yeah. threw out a whole bunch of the legal yellow pads that I had for years and years while working at the agency. I'm like, I don't need notes from this meeting that happened ten years ago. I can get rid of this now. Right. Yeah. I've got a bunch of those like sketchbooks and stuff from college and I, you know, and, and they're like a collection of sketches from class and a bunch of like notes that I was just like stuff I was thinking about that at the time. And it's kind of cool to look through them. But when we were unpacking boxes after moving, I'm like pulling out these notebooks from 20 years ago going, I don't know why, why do I need this? Like, I don't really want to get rid of it, but I certainly don't need to keep it. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's kind of hard. Are you guys good note takers? I, I, I'm good at I'm good at writing my thoughts down. So I don't have like a, a, a daily journal, but if I write it in like a bound book, it's more of an important thought. If I write it on a legal pad, it's just temporary. So legal pad is just kind of managing my day to day. But when I have longer term mm-hmm. ideas, I put it in a bound book. So I always have both of them at my disposal, and uh, the bound book is kind of more of like long term goals uh, and they're just thoughts i mean it could be like how i'm going to make a linkage for something or how i'm going to or a new table concept or, or a new chair concept or something like that or, or or whatever or a new video idea and then when you look through my legal pad that video idea is just manifested in a title it'll just say you know bowie knife table whatever but hmm. i know that that reminds me of the longer the the more long-term plan that i have sketched in a notebook somewhere i'm right yeah. i don't go ahead I was just going to say, um, I, I keep a lot of my notes in uh, Apple Notepad, the, the the program. So I'm typing a lot of my notes these days. Um, and I still sketch every once in a while. But my important stuff gets, gets typed. And for some reason, that helps me memorize things. But back in days where I would 
find myself in meetings, like client meetings, and writing in a legal pad, I was a terrible note taker. I, I had a really hard time listening and then also writing. And then I would look and everything is misspelled or incomplete sentences and it didn't make sense. And if I didn't go back and rewrite those notes after the meeting, those they meant nothing to me. Yeah. I've, I mean, I had the same thing. I found that I couldn't physically write fast enough to get what I needed down in a meeting. And so I would write sloppier to try to do it faster. And that just works against you in the long term. But I can type so much faster than I can write that, you know, keeping notes, typing, I can be looking at someone else and type without looking at the keyboard and get a lot more done, a lot more down. So that's how I'm the same way. I like type stuff. I, I mean, I do write a lot. Like there's a notebook right here full of sketches and stuff, but these are just, I need to remember this number, you know, or I need to remember whatever I'm doing today or, or something. But <clears throat> if I have an idea for a video or a thought that I want to like explore further, like for the book, a lot of stuff that I thought about for that, I would just write down the kind of general idea for a section and drop it in there. And then when I was on a plane, I would go back through that list and see like, oh, this is something I need to expand. And so I'd take that one little, you know, phrase or sentence or something and use that, get that in my head and then write out a page or a couple pages on that idea. So I do more of that capturing little phrases. Um, and I'm using Airtable now. I don't know if we've talked about this, hmm. but, um, so I, I used Trello for several years and it's still awesome. But now that I have a team of people, you know, with Josh here and my editor, Forby, um, Forby showed me this thing called Airtable, and it's basically like an online uh, spreadsheet, really, or like a database, but a bunch of different tables. And you can link the tables together. So it's way overkill for what a lot of people would use. But it's a little more in-depth version of what Trello was for me. Anyway, all that to say, <clears throat> I still have an app on my phone where I can just open it, type something in, and hit send, and close it and not worry about it. And it sends that piece of information to a place within Airtable and, and records it. Hmm. And so then I have this like this little section I can always go to to see all the stuff I dropped in. And I can say like, you know, this needs to go to a project idea. This needs to be just a thought I want to think more about. This is an idea for a podcast or, you know. So I, I try to keep track of stuff that way because it's super quick and easy. And I don't lose that little spark of a thought and I have to come back later and, and flesh it out and put it in the right place but at least I don't lose it because if it's on a piece of paper on my desk it'll disappear <laughs> eventually so I'm looking at it and it's uh, so you said this replaces Trello. Trello Trello seems more visual based and this seems more text based am I correct? Uh, no not really Trello is, is a list format, but you can view it, um, it, it kind of has two views. You can view it as a calendar or as a list of lists. Gotcha. Um, this one has multiple views. It's basically just a database, but you can have what's called the Kanban view, which is the type of view that Trello has. So you can make it look like Trello, or you can have forms or calendars. It's just more robust. The thing I really like about it, we're way off topic, but the thing I really like about it is that you can, you know, create a table like you would in a database or in Excel or something, and then one column can link to another table. So I have one table that's a list of all my project ideas, and then I have a schedule separately 
that links to the project ideas. So they're independent, but they're connected. And that way I can make, I can rearrange the schedule without really messing with the project information and vice versa. Um, you know, and like sponsors are the same way. I have sponsors attached to projects, which is attached to a schedule, stuff like that. Super nerd talk. Gotcha. It's fun. And I got a new Sharpie <laughs> this week. Hey, Sharpies are good and not, not complicated. <laughs> Did you see, um, oh, was it uh, Adam Savage maybe? Tested the, the Sharpie? <laughs> Sharpie Sharpie, yeah. I want to get one of those. Yeah. Uh, I want to make one. Wait, what is I've this? I've been wanting I, I to make one this. for years, and that was just an easy way to. I, I've been wanting to do one. And then Jocko came out with his version, and then and then uh, Greg's Garage did a version, and then now the Sharpie Sharper. So now I've been wanting to make one for a really long time, but I kept like stalling on it because I kept not coming up with like the perfect idea. I should have just got started. Uh, but anyway, it's a good idea to make your own. It's a. I should. It's, it's a. It's a thing that your Sharpie fits into to make it look fancier and heavier and and. More awesome, you know what it gives it. It gives it more. Uh, huh. It gives it more importance. Otherwise, your sharpie is just like it's like carrying around a Dixie cup. You know what I mean. But if you had a mug with that said, you know, gear and table saw and pocket hole on it, nobody would lose that. <laughs> but if you had a Dixie cup, you lose the Dixie cup. So yeah. that's why, why the sharpie they, sharper. Why would what? they lose that? Yeah, that be- <laughs> that's with me. I mean, I have like seven sharpies throughout the day. By the end of the day, they're all gone, broken. I don't know where they are. I left the cap off them. But if it was in a Sharpie Sherpa or had like its own cool metal housing, I could switch the ink out and I would keep that as a precious tool. Hmm. So I, that's why I like that idea. I think, uh, I don't remember the title of the video, but it was like Adam's favorite picks of 2017. And that yeah. was one of them. Yep, that's exactly right. Hmm. It just popped up on my feed a couple of days ago. I watched it. So guys, let me ask you while we're here and it's the first day of the year or the first show of the year, what, what are some of the goals you guys have for this coming year? I um, I I did take a couple notes in my Apple Notepad. Uh, the one of the things that's important to me is uh, I, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, but I wanted to stop bragging, and um, and also like stop justifying why I do things. Like I don't have to explain why I want to use a pocket hole or why I'm using a laser cutter and not my bandsaw. So. Mm. Those are those are a couple things that are important to me to just do what I want to do. That's interesting, um, and I'm totally with you on the second one. I'm kind of curious about the first one though. Like, mm-hmm. and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. But what do you mean by not bragging? Like, do you f- you feel like you brag about things? I don't feel like I brag too much. There's, um, it, I mean, I guess it depends on what your definition of bragging is, but. Uh, I I, wa- I want to be more um, uh, inspiring instead of saying, hey, look at me, right? Hmm. Here's a cool thing that I made. Tell me that you love it, right? Yeah. I don't – I want to I wanna not do that. I'm like, here's a cool thing that I made. Hopefully, this inspires you to do something cool as well. Maybe the I just need to rephrase You want to be more of an influencer? I want, <laughs> I want to be more of an influencer, yes. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> yep. Well, that's interesting. Do you have a, I mean, is it just how you, hmm, do you have a, a specific way to, to make that change? Is it just how you present something or what? I think it's just going to be just how I present something. Gotcha. I, I, I just want, it's just the, the, the energy that uh, that um, I am, I'm, I'm giving off. I want it to be more of a, a positive thing instead of just, hey, look at me. Hmm. That's gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Um, I don't know. We'll see. I definitely want to stop putting off some of the longer, the bigger projects that I've been thinking about for a long time. There's just so many things that I keep kicking down the road because, you know, they're going to take too long or they need to be multiple videos and that's something I really don't want to do. But I just, I got to stop pushing them off. I just got to do them. That's, that's a big goal, I think. Because a lot of the cool, I think the coolest things that I could build are bigger than I can do in a week. And so I think I've been kind of, um, you know, like limiting myself as to as to what I can, the coolness of the stuff that I can do because I'm trying to fit it into a timeline. And I think that's really just making the, priori- making the coolness the priority rather than the timeline. That is something I thought about a little bit too, is the bigger projects. And, and maybe this is something that you can do. Um, but I thought about when I'm filming those bigger projects that take a long time to, on my second channel, put like the little like vloggy style of that day's work of that project. And then on the main channel will be the finished, you know, regular make something video. But on the second channel, we have just kind of like little little updates on, on what's going on with it. Hmm. And it's still a way for me to produce content and get stuff out there maybe on a week that i don't have anything released on the main channel yeah interesting what about you jimmy what are your uh, goals for this year uh just i want to try and develop and make more product for sale more original product kind of like the ice pick i have a couple of new ideas and i'm working on uh, i have old ideas that i've been working on i want to really kind of put them into motion and and try and get some of those available I mean, the ice pick has been pretty successful for me, and I just want to kind of keep the keep the the momentum with that. Try and come up with some new products, and then uh, I've been selling stuff on eBay, which has kind of been a novelty. But you know, it's it's definitely a viable income for some interesting stuff. So uh, now I need to raise obviously a little bit more money for the barn. It's it's been you know considerable amount of savings spent on the barn, so I want to try and raise some money. So I've been playing around on eBay, and and it's fun just to sell weird stuff. People like it, and people want it, so. It's cool. So a little bit of that, and then just, you know, get back to some classic Duresta, with the old school <laughs> Duresta, what the fans keep asking for. Caffeine-free Duresta. Yeah. <laughs> so getting back to, uh, you know, just making just uh, interesting little tidbit videos. Trying. I, I just, you know, it's like life has gotten so busy, it's just, it's hard to just, like, focus. So I want to get back to being more focused. Hmm. Yeah, focus is good. I could I could probably use a little more focus myself. I have a, a, another thing on my list here, and I'm only mentioning this because I want everybody listening and you guys to hold me to it. Ooh, that's a dan- that is, it's dangerous, man. I know. I know. I need it. I really need it. But I want to write and record at least one song every month in 2018. Oh, cool. I saw you wrote that, and I'm glad to hear that. Have you heard of January? Uh, no. <laughs> okay, so I hadn't heard of this until yesterday. My brother, who is awesome and turns out, well, I mean, not turns out. I knew he was really good at music. He's been uh, putting out little little chunks of music for the past three days. And it, January is a thing. There's a hashtag, January 2018. And I don't fully know the deal, but it seems to me that it's like people forcing themselves to put out a little tiny piece of music, just a loop or a, a phrase or something every single day as a practice. So maybe that would be a good way to kickstart it. 
You know, just give that, yourself a, yeah. a month's worth of, like, little pieces. And then you have those pieces to build on throughout the year. Ah, it's like a, it's like writing the um, the phrase down for your book and then expanding on that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love it. January. Look it up. January. Yeah. yeah. Hashtag. Hashtag. And if anybody wants... I'm going to embarrass my brother. If anybody wants to check out his music, he created another Instagram account, and he's putting up these little tiny videos with a little music piece, and it's Musabill. I, I, that might be wrong about that. Let me double check. His name is Bill. Um, yeah, M-U-S-I-B-I-L-L on Instagram. Go give him a bunch of follows and freak him out. That'll be cool. <laughs> I love my brother. He's awesome. Um, all right. Well, you guys got anything else on this? Labels and goals and stuff? I'll probably change my mind next week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Cool. Um, well, I want to thank our Patreon supporters before we wrap it up. Before we talk about what we're going to watch or what we've been watching, because I have something good. Um, especially Wise Old Dal, Evan and Caitlin, Corey Ward, Malton Make, Works by Solo, Michael Schubert, and Make Build Modify. They're our top patrons, but everybody who supports us on Patreon, I'm looking through the list now, and there's a lot of people, and that's awesome. You guys are fantastic. Wow, there's a lot of people down there. We really appreciate it. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it really is because, you know, it, it makes this a, a thing that we enjoy doing it, but it actually gives us a way to do it and not feel bad about spending the time because it's not time in the shop where we're making money, you know, stuff like that. So it's really awesome that you guys support the show. And if you want to do that, uh, if you're not already, go to making, uh, sorry, go to patreon.com slash making it or making it dot making it podcast.com slash Patreon. Yeah, either one, you can find it um, and go support us there. That would be fantastic. I also want to put in a shameless, completely shameless plug for my book that came out since the last episode, and it's called Making Time, and um, people seem to like it. It's really, I feel really good about it. It felt like it was really short when I put it out, and it is really short. Uh, and Does it, that make you feel unfinished no no no, it's just like maybe uh, i wanted i wanted to be valuable and it felt like maybe i did it too short so that it didn't have enough value for people because people were reading it really quickly um Hmm. and so i was like oh maybe it's there's not enough there you know maybe people are not getting what they need but uh, a lot of people really enjoy it and have had good things to say and i don't have a copy of it next to me anyway but it's it's you know 80 something pages it's not not a long book or anything but people like that it. means it's it's to the point it's like when you get those business books like 150 things to make you a better businessman when only eight of those things really matter there's so yeah. what you're telling us bob is it's there's no filler concise it's concise which is you know a goal of mine to do things as concisely as possible so maybe i just <laughs> did a really good job with that um <laughs> but anyway well, congrats you, on that by the way well thank you i appreciate it um, if anybody wants to check out the book, that would be awesome. There's an ebook. You can get it from my site. You can get it from Amazon. There's a uh, paperback from Amazon, and we're working on the iBooks version for Apple iBooks. That'll be up next week probably. But you can go to ilikeTomakeStuff.com slash making time, and there's links to all the different ways to get it. Um, and if you do get it from Amazon, leave me a review there, an honest review. That would be really cool because that, that helps it get churned up in the Amazon, you know, book listing stuff. And if you don't get it, that's totally cool too. Oh, and if you're a Patreon supporter of my stuff, 
you can get it for free. I put what? a code. Yeah, I put a code on the Patreon page. <laughs> so if you're one of my patrons, you can get the book for free. So that's awesome. Anyway, <sighs> that's enough of that. Uh, you guys been watching anything cool? Yes. So I have one pick that I'm not going to pick, and I hope Bob picks it. I'm going to pick it. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, my my pick for the week is Joel Telling, 3D printing nerd. Oh, I love Joel. Oh, I know Joel. Uh, he, he, I, so last week I put out a wine rack video, and he remade it with all 3D printers. Oh, that's right. I saw the thumbnail. I was like, wait a second. That looks familiar. It's so cool. Uh, so it's, it's, just, it's, it's a bunch of hexagons uh, supported with little triangles, if you haven't seen it. And Joel recreated it, used nine different 3D printers. Each each hexagon took like back between 24 and 30 hours to print. And there's nine of these hexagons that had to be connected together. And he goes through and he talks about how each different uh, 3D printer performed. And it was just a really cool thing. And I was smiling the, the whole time. So that's my pick of the week. Awesome. Uh, I've just been listening to a lot of podcasts. I'm going to shout out my buddies at the Welding Tips and Tricks podcast. I probably have done it before, but check out Jody, uh, Roy, and Jonathan. It's a great, great podcast about welding. And they have on guests, other welders, and other business people, and how you start your own business. It's, it covers a lot, of, a lot of bases, so check those guys out. Cool. I was typing it in, and I put Wedling, which Wedling. sounds like it. Yeah, it sounds like that should be a some sort of an activity, but I don't know what it is. Um, <laughs> they do that at Burning Man, Wedling. Wedling. Old toolbox in his Wedling. <clears throat> um, so mine, tell me, David, if this is what you're thinking about. The Toys That Made Us? Is that yes. It? Yes. Okay, yes. so there's this show that several people told me about, and it's on Netflix, and there's only four episodes, I believe, so far, but it's like a documentary series about toys about the toys from the 80s. Well, not even just from the 80s, but they're kind of geared around the 80s. Um, and it's like the history of how these toys came to be and like the the designers that worked on them and like what they were in response to about the culture and about other toy companies at the time. And for anybody who's around my age who like played with Star Wars and G.I. Joe and He-Man, it's so cool. It's like a trip down and memory Barbie. lane. And Barbie. Yeah, I didn't play with Barbie. But if you did, then there you go. Um, but, man, it's so cool. It's mm-hmm. so cool to see, like, where that stuff came from and to see all the old commercials. And and man. just there's there's really good stories behind each one. It's not just, like, how we made this toy, which there is some of that how we made this toy in these in these sculptures. And uh, I'm curious to know if Jimmy has watched this yet because I think, You'd be interested in the toy making process. I haven't. Yeah. I have not. I have not. I got to check it out. It's cool because they talk a lot about like, um, you know, we needed a figure that was going to be this size, but it needed articulation. So rather than starting from scratch, you know, we had two weeks to come up with this toy line. So instead of starting from scratch, we grabbed this toy and added clay and added, you know, this type of stuff. Pretty cool. I could. I. I you know, one thing I we could lay claim to me and my brother will never get the credit for it. We helped develop. 24-inch action figures that first came out as the Kiss action figures. Me and my brother Joey developed those in the 90s. The 24-inch Kiss action figures. They're on eBay now for like hundreds of dollars. We have a set. What? Uh, unfortunately, the set we have, it came out in two sets, Love Gun and uh, 
the other album i forget which but so it was all four of them in the in the in the gar and the if you put all four packages together it came to about three and a half feet wide and it made up the full graphic on the back i did it with the guys at art asylum which is another toy design company mm. anyway we developed a big giant action figure the tooling cost our client paid like hundred thousand dollars for the tooling and then we had the tooling, and when the product stopped selling, we ended up making these things called Men of Honor using the same body. They were like all men of the armed forces, and they're also on eBay. Occasionally, Men of Honor and Duresta show up together like as the same thing, because our name is in the credits on the package. But that also led to the big, giant Star Wars figures that you see now at Walmart, the 24 inch. Oh, yeah. They use the same exact packaging that I developed with my brother. Huh. It's like the angled packaging. So, you know, toy business people just copy each other constantly. But as far as the 24-inch action figure, the articulated action figure, nobody would have wanted to make that because no one would have wanted to spend that much money. And the client that I had at the time was very wealthy from all the uh, South Park product he was making. So he had the money and he invested in the tooling, made the Kiss figures, then we made the Men of Honor figures, and then he went out of business. <laughs> it's another story. <laughs> but <laughs> and, But... I, we started that category, the 24-inch high action figure. And I remember seeing Superman and Batman and Darth Vader all at the Walmart, all the same size and the same exact packaging that we made. So hmm. there you go. That's awesome. There, There's a lot of stories like that in this show where it's like, well, I came up with this idea and I showed this guy and then he turned it into G.I. Joe and, you know, stuff like that, like big things that just kind of like evolve. And I guess that happens a lot in that industry where – you know, you take a little piece of this thing over here and you evolve it into the next thing and then somebody grabs that and evolves it into the next thing. And But it's a really cool show uh, for a bunch of different reasons. I mean, the nostalgia for me was just like, oh, oh, I love that thing. Oh, I remember the first time I saw that. You know, that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the first episode's about Star Wars toys, so I was immediately hooked. But... <laughs> anyway, you guys got anything else? <laughs> No. Cool. We're good. All right. <laughs> it's a long year. <laughs> there you so go. we're still working on the outro. Yeah. We're still, yeah. 160 episodes in. We're okay. Let's we're review. Bob, what's yes. your Burning Man name? Uh, pocket hole. Dave. I need more time. Table uh, saw. Have it by. Have it by next week. Table saw. That's it. Yeah, gear signing off. Go, you guys want to meet at the tattoo parlor? <laughs> I'll see you in the desert, bro. All right. Um, after show. We're going to the after show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs>